Welcome to the Play It By Ear podcast. The podcast where the topics may vary because, hey, we play it by ear. And now your hosts, Eric Fiskus, Brady Liming, and Todd Griffin. Welcome to episode 86 of the Play About Your Podcast. And once again, our two words are... Hootay. 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 Coming for you. Cutting for you, Titans. Coming for you. Allers. They'll always be the Allers. Allers. Yeah. Bud, what was his name? Uh, Old daggone it. Coach of War, the big cowboy hat. Oh, Bum Phillips. Bum Phillips. I almost said Bud Phillips. Wrong, wrong person. Buck Owens. <laughs> Buck Owens. The assistant coach, Roy Clark. <laughs> Savannah, welcome, Maxwell. Hey, Savannah. Welcome. Hey, Maxwell. Website is on top of the screen. Visit it. We'll talk about it here uh, as we go along here in the show. Once again, we're on episode 86 of the Play by Your podcast. Uh, if you've not been with us before, we each bring a topic to the table. We talk 20-ish minutes about said topics and uh, more on the ish than the 20, generally. But uh, we always invite you to uh, chime in, uh, comment. Uh, you add to what we do. Uh, you bring little nuggets out that we don't think about, which is always good and makes our uh, conversations a little more well-rounded. The only the only part of my life where I don't, where I would rather be well-rounded than not. All right. We are on the order on the screen that we will present our topics, Todd, Brady, and myself. And I will end up with the game of the night. Gain. So, gain. So everybody gain up. We got 10 people in the room. Uh, once again, uh, please sign in if you so desire. We will, uh, call attention to you or maybe some of you would rather not have attention called to you and that's all well and good as well lurking in the shadows yes lurking lurking in the shadows of the pod <laughs> uh maxwell just finished a star wars marathon nice good use and you got a snow day tomorrow man well i and you you can you can watch star wars for me pal that's that's all well and good all right. Hey, we're up watch to 17 it, now. Watch it. Just no, watch it, man. No, For those no. just tuning in, Eric has never watched Star Wars. That's a, that's wrong. Well, the first one. That's it. He wasn't on board. He was not on board. He was, was in a galaxy close to were, home. Not were far, you into Star Trek? No Star Trek either. No Star Trek either. Nothing the Rogers, the twenty-fifth century. Aaron Gray, yes. Duck Dodgers in the 24th and a half century. The only thing about Star Trek I ever liked was uh, Deanna Troy on uh, The Next Generation or The New Generation or whatever it was called. Forget about her. I liked her. You know something I really legitimately want? You know, I've always read about it and never heard it. It's something like Leonard Nimoy did a couple albums. Oh, I know what it is. Golden throats of the golden throated stars or something like that for a bunch yeah, of he, TV. He, he could sing pretty well. 
Really? Yeah. I bet he was no Jim Neighbors. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Johnny has never watched Star Wars either. So, brother in arms, Johnny, brother in arms. You two are in dire straits. <laughs> hey, Gary? I bet Gary's watched Star Wars. I'm sure Gary has. All right. So, once again, uh, Todd will have our first topic. Todd, the floor is yours. All right, so for this one, you're going to need a pencil and some paper, or pencil and a paper, because... Us two. Yes, you guys will need one too, yeah. Because we're going to find out just how Southern y'all are. Y'all. And uh, it wouldn't be me if I weren't doing a food topic. I don't think I've done a food topic in 2022 yet. Not um, yet. So, so here we go. So you get one point for every food that you have eaten... And, and we're going to we're going to use this to determine how southern y'all are. Uh, that was my next question. I, I didn't put the food in this, so it's going to be southern based foods then. Southern based foods, yes. Okay. Are we ready? Good. Yes. So we were my, before you get started, Todd. We were talking before we went on the air about how this area is kind of a gateway to the south, or a gateway between the south and the north, and there's a lot of southern things that are here that are not in other parts of ohio so um i actually sent this topic along as we often do we'll see things and we'll shoot text each other is this a good topic is that so uh todd being the foodie that he is i uh, thought that this would be a good one so the southern thing kind of tied into the culture here so yeah. a little background there so go ahead. And, and um i did skim through some of these but in true uh play it by your fashion i did not study it nor did i look at all of the there there are three columns of columns. Of, of foods and i just skimmed through like you know hit, hit and miss on a few of them and uh and so there's some interesting picks here so without further ado number one so give yourself if you're playing along at home uh give yourself a number one if you have ever had or give yourself one point if you have ever eaten peach cobbler yeah. Oh, of course we have. I think we can all say that we have partaken in some cobbler of the peach variety. So, is cobbler in general a southern thing? And what makes a something a cobbler? Yeah, because in because in the north we call it cabbler. Yeah. <laughs> in New York they call it a cabbler. You got your peach cabbler. So you so you got the uh, the topping the uh, the crusty topping and then you have the so what makes a cobbler? I, I think it's got something to do with the crust is a little bit more thicker and cake like on tapa. And isn't cobbler usually square? It's squaw oh, instead it of round. I don't I, I don't know that I don't know that it, it must maintain a squaw. But because I've had cobblers made in round dishes, at least we called them cobblers. I know cobbler is often topped off with some vanilla bean ice cream. No matter mm. what flavor the cobbler is, you got to put the vanilla bean on top. Warm cobblers with vanilla ice creams. Yeah. All right, we got a lot on the list here. So uh, there's, <laughs> and there's some here that are going to bring forth a lot more conversation than peach cobbler. So uh, number two, give yourself a point if you have ever eaten chicken. And they spelled it wrong here, though, because it says chicken and dumplings, and 
it's chicken and dumplings. <laughs> There's no need to enunciate the dumpling. To be served with a dessert of pudding afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, of course, I have consumed the poultry and dumplings. <laughs> Um, I, it's never been one of my favorites. I like it, but dang, tackle on it's heavy. If I eat chicken and dumplings, cancel my itinerary for the next day because it puts me in a food coma. It's oh, I those. thought you were going to say you would be busy putting the dump in dumplings. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> no, I, no, I, I have my guilty uh, take on this is I always like the. The sauce, the the gravies, whatever you want to call it, the the the, the use, and the in the dumpling better than the chicken. I mean, I can have you can have chicken or anything, but those just something about a, a a wet biscuit, and I usually don't like wet food, so that goes against my my my. But a biscuit with some with some pale, uh, uh thick goo. thick and creamy sauce on a biscuit is is good. Oh. You don't eat chicken and dumplings, Eric? I do know. I would oh not eat anything. It's a, it's a dumpling. <laughs> no, it's strange. It's not like a biscuit. All a, bi- all a dumpling is a biscuit. With, with gravies on it. No. Wow. no I can, mean, no. You no, can take no. your napkin and pat it dry before you eat it. <laughs> What's the use in that? I just eat the dry biscuit <laughs> with the chickens. Give me that dry biscuit. Um, no, but actually, I don't think it's much of a gravy as it is like a... Um, I hate to say sauce. So what do you call it? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it is a, a compote. A, a compote? <laughs> I don't know. It's yellowish in color. It's kind of clear, whitish, yellowish, uh, tannish. I don't know. Like it's jaundice gravy. Yeah, it's. <laughs> you're, you're not doing anything for this no. at all. Well, I, you're, you are 50 years old. I'm probably not going to convince you to eat chicken and dumplings well, by now. Yeah, so I'm not yeah, even going to try. You won't. We should uh, have now, a Star Wars chicken and dumpling party. <laughs> it's I the Eric not, Misery episode. I, I, I will not be in attendance. Uh, David, cobbler always has a bis- biscuit mix topping. So, there you go. so see, chicken and dumplings, and you eat you eat the biscuit and the cobbler, but you won't eat the biscuit in the in the dry biscuit. <laughs> no, it's not dry. It in a cobbler, it's got cobbler juice on it. On top, it's dry. <laughs> Say it's like a biscuit. When you put jam on a biscuit, it's like that. Jam, jam. Oh, yeah. are you? are you, from Sardinia. You don't use jam. You use jelly. Jellies. All right. Preserves. Here we go. Give yourself a point if you've ever eaten cornbreads. Cornbreads. I eat that compound more than the. Yeah, of course, cornbread. I, oh, yeah. I can't imagine. Okay, I know it's associated with the South, like you find it at Cracker Barrel and things like that. But I, I, I challenge anybody in the continental and external United States to tell me they've never eaten cornbread. Yeah. I, now, I am particular about my cornbreads. <laughs> Speaking of cra- uh, Cracker Barrel, I do not like Cracker Barrel's cornbreads. I like my cornbreads to be sweet like cake. Basically, I like an icingless cake. It's pretty much what it is. And, and and I when we discussed this the last time, I said I prefer my cornbread to be like rustic bread. It, it's going to be <laughs> gritty where you can see the husk where it yeah. used to be. That's well, know. that's Cracker Bros is that way. It's grainy and yeah. gritty, 
It's like sand. It's it's, yes. it's like there should be a fair amount of grit. I like sweet and smooth, <laughs> and, and moist. It's gotta it's gotta have a moist. it's gotta have some moisture to it. I like city barbecues, cornbreads, and um, famous days cornbreads. Uh, but Cracker Barrels, I do not like. has no taste to it. Cracker Barrels doesn't. All right, we have comments. All right. Um, Gary says the wet biscuit is a great name for a restaurant. That is. Or, or maybe some other type of business. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny says the soggy biscuits. That sounds like a biker bar. <laughs> uh, Jim, welcome. Todd, if you saw C&Ds beside, the pool, beside the pool. Maybe so. <laughs> maybe so. Yeah. Uh, David says it's thickened chicken broth. Thank you, David. We, thank we, you, David. We could not come up with the term. All we knew was it was wet and not gravy. <laughs> wet and not. Uh, enjoy the uh, enjoy the snow day tomorrow, Mister Schmitz. This All right. Says, uh, sweet cornbread with cracklings <laughs> and Jiffy is the best. Says Susan. <laughs> Welcome, Susan. Hey, Susan. Number uh, number next on the list. <laughs> <laughs> there are no numbers. There are no numbers. Uh, give yourself a point if you have ever consumed gumbo. Hmm. Gumbo. Soup, soup of the South. I believe I have. Um, if I have, it's been less than five times. Yeah. I mean, it's not something that's a go-to for me, but I don't remember disliking it. It's just gumbo doesn't uh, it doesn't uh, appear on many menus of the places that I frequent. Yeah, I um, I don't like the seafood part of gumbo typically. I don't mind the other part of gumbos, and I can pick out the shrimps and did, whatever else. Is shrimp ex- is seafood exclusive to gumbo? No, I. Is well, there what more you than one gumby? Yeah, there's like <laughs> gumby. There's uh, several uh, Gumby types. I, I, well, at least I call that. Like my brother has made like turkey gumbo and things like. That. I mean, like I don't as know what makes a gumbo. Seafood. Gumbo has rice in it, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm getting my gumbo and my jambalaya mixed up. I might be as well. Jambalaya is not soup, though, is it? It's not soup based. No, it's it's more thicker. It's yeah, it's a it's a pile of liquidy. rice and rice yeah. and, and creepy crawlies. <laughs> Next on the list. Give yourself a point if you have ever consumed frog legs. Nine. No. I have not on that one. That's the first one we've had so far that I have not tried. Yes. That is my first swing and miss. So are there any other parts of the frog that are edible? I mean, how did someone decide, hey, I'm going to have those legs right there? <laughs> the the it's most like chicken, the chicken leg, and everything else in the chicken for the most part is edible. Yeah. Well, the rest how, the frog how could you see a leg, a frog leg, and think there's some damn good meat on those <laughs> on those getaway right sticks, <laughs> hop away sticks? It would, be, it would have been a riveting conversation. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. Well, and at what point did you know where to stop eating? Like, you know, what point? Where did you detach the leg? Like, where did you decide? <laughs> like, I can't imagine frog ass cheeks are nearly are as uh, as quite the uh, delicacy. So say once you get to anus, stop. <laughs> Because frogs kind of have butt cheeks. I mean, if you if you if you look real close, and so uh, yeah. 
but like any leg, it's more meat the higher you go up. So again, I can't imagine there being much. I, I could see frog legs being one of those things where you have to have 92 of them to get any kind of filling out of it. <laughs> not not the neediest of games there. Yeah. I, I would say there are, a frog leg could be less fulfilling than a buffalo wing. And that takes a lot. <laughs> or a snack pack pudding. Oh. <laughs> No, I like snack or pack puddings, but you need you, you need sixteen of them to even to even get a. <laughs> it's like Eric get his Capri Sun argument. Oh yeah, Capri Suns. All oh, right, least. we have chicken fried steak up next. Chicken fried steak. Guilty. Um. Again, not a go-to for me. I, I believe I have. Um, so, chicken fried steak. Again, not chicken what, fried what, chicken. Isn't that a conundrum? I mean, isn't that a? I mean, a chicken is fried chicken. Of course, fried is there chicken is possum fried, fried chicken. chicken. <laughs> and and why is there not steak fried steak? I mean, is there a no? But I bet there's chicken fried possum. <laughs> I think it's maybe Eric. I don't have the the, the uh, you know the official answer, but if you think about it, you don't typically think of steak as being fried, so you don't usually have fried steak. So I mean, it's like chicken, chicken fried, fried steak. Is it the same as country fried steak? I think it is, which okay. makes sense of why Eric wouldn't eat it because it usually contains a white gravy. Yeah, no, no white gravies. Yeah. Now, I, I had plenty of fried steak, but I, I'm assuming the chicken fried part is the covering, the... The bread. The bread. Yeah. Yeah. I'd eat that without the gravies. Next one I've never heard of. This is the first one on the list that I've never heard of, so I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's either burgoo or burju, maybe. It's B-U-R-G-O-O, -O, so I don't know if it's a soft or a hard G. I've heard of burgoo. Is I don't know what it, I don't remember what it is, but I bet it's not good. <laughs> well, anything that has any food that has goo in it as part of the. All due respect, ragu. Well, this actually is spelled goo, G O O. Yeah, yeah that's G not good. doesn't count. If, if anybody listening can help us, uh, fill us in on what a. Yes, what is burgoo? I'm going to look it up right now. I'll be, I'll be the, uh, let's see what I can do well, here. Well, David, David's had all the answers here on all these things, so I'm thinking he probably knows. Um, got comments. Uh, Todd Savannah agrees with you on cornbribs. Thank you, Savannah. Uh, David Nolan's chicken, shrimp, and andouille. Andouille? Andouille. Okay, here we go. I got it. Burgoo is similar to Irish or Mulligan stew, served with cornbread or corn muffins. It's often prepared communally for a social gathering, and it is popular in the Midwest and South. David beat you to a Brady Kentucky stew with mutton base. It's like sheep. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so the only thing about Brady's definition is Brady started out telling me what Bagu is by telling me two other things. I have no clue what they are. <laughs> oh yeah, read that um, again. You, Irish yeah, you stew and mulligan stew. Irish stew and mulligan stew. That doesn't help me one bit. No, okay, it, it's is. like a beef stew. It, okay. It's like a big old vat of a uh, big old. It's got a lot of cauldron. Yeah. yeah, more potatoes than anything. Yeah, 
Taters. <laughs> I thought you said taters. It's like, I don't know that I've ever heard anybody say taters. 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 That's a northern way to say it. Uh, Gary says, why not frog fried steak? Or steak fried frog. Steak fried frog. <laughs> or frog fried frog. <laughs> All right, on the list. Give yourself one point if you have ever enjoyed a hush puppy. And who hasn't enjoyed a puppy of hushness? Oh, yeah. That quieted canine. I enjoyed plenty of hush puppies with my barnacles at Long John Phillips. <laughs> you and your made-up barnacles. <laughs> Not me. You can bet your barnacles that there was no such thing as barnacles. Um, My nephew and I, when we went to Cleveland last weekend, had this discussion because he worked for a time in early college at Long John Silver's. And I asked him this question, and he said, well, we just called him crummies. He's too young. He's too young. Okay. He's too young. But he did tell me what they were used for. They're just not for culinary enjoyment. You put those in the bottom of the cardboard container, and it keeps it, the oil from getting through and making it fall through. So basically, we are eating the aquarium gravel of the fast food world, or or the the, the throw up sawdust. Basically, is what is yeah. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but by the way, how many people do you guys need to tell you, including now people that work there? That have never heard him called barnacles for you guys he's, to admit he's defeat. He's too young. He's too young. But the very fine folks that watch our show and that chimed in that night and said they've never heard of it are not too young. Yeah, I'm winning. Still informed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Have you guys had the hush puppy uh, variety at some places where they make them almost like a dessert? They put like a like a honey butter or like a uh, like some sort of sweet kind of butter to put on them i've had that it's it, not it was bad. marketed as a dessert puppy like <laughs> like a like a what confectionery puppy but um i don't or a shush I, puppy maybe just a shy puppy or um, a zip it puppy <laughs> or a center sauce box puppy <laughs> hot I, puppy I'm, I'm, i don't know that i'm down with that I'm with Savannah right there with that comment. Hush puppies with malt vinegar. You you take a bite out of the hush puppy, then you put some of that vinegar inside of it. Right after you clean your sink with it. (laughs) (laughs) I I am not a fan. Say as a malt vinegar uh, user when it comes to Long John's, I am not a malt. Malted vinegar. Malted vinegar, yeah. I like my shakes malted. Hello, Krista. Uh, Also, uh, the uh, barnacles are the packing peanuts. And yes, I will call them barnacles. I will continue to call them barnacles. Oh, oh did you see Savannah's comment? We have yeah, our I'll first external confirmation, Todd. Well. <laughs> yes. Papo needs so, to come on the show, Savannah. Savannah, if you don't mind me asking, uh, what uh, your Papo's age? Well, it's, it's Papo's age. What were you trying to say, Todd? <laughs> you know exactly what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next on the list we have. Did you get your Shady it, Pines it, letter today, Eric? Seouse. 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 It's S O U S E. Seouse. Seouse. S O U S E. S O U S E. Seouse. <laughs> no, it's the drunk it's the drunken male it's Mickey Souse, the one that had a vodka problem. <laughs> Can someone tell us what Seuss is? Maybe it's Swiss. 
<laughs> uh, uh, Carissa says Apple Barn does the uh, the hush puppy that yeah does it with powdered sugars and apple butters on the side. Yeah. Oh, I like apples butters. Okay. Savannah's papa was eighty nine when he passed away in two thousand fifteen. Savannah's papa knows. Well, we. I'm, I'm sorry he passed away. There. Sorry for yeah. your loss, but yeah, he knows. But bottom line, he was he was an an older gentleman. And uh, and you guys are older gentlemen, so maybe that's why you guys all three called them barnacles. Oh gosh, we have probably not eaten souse. What is souse? It is a variety of head cheese found in <laughs> Pennsylvania Dutch cuisine. It is not a dairy product, but rather a product made from the head of an animal, usually a pig or a calf, along with some leftover scraps that remain after butchering that often include the feet, tongue, and heart. It's entrails. I've never had that. I've never had... I, first off, I would think head cheese <laughs> is a variety of cheese. How do you have a variety of head cheese? Is it head cheese or not? If it's not head cheese, <laughs> it's not a variety of head cheese. Head cheese is not cheese, is it? It's just called cheese. Well, well still. Pennsylvania Dutch aren't Dutch. They're German. <laughs> they just called them Deutsch, and they got it wrong. I, I'm surprised they'd go along with that. Yeah, yeah, I have not had souse. It's like it's like processed cheese food. It's meat. <laughs> Next, we have shrimp and grits. So I'm gonna I'm gonna clarify this. You must you had to have had them together. You can't say, "Well, I've had shrimp or I've had grits." <laughs> you had to have consumed them. The package. Yes. It takes the entire grit eating world twenty minutes <laughs> to make their grits. I just really? I just had to say that for my cousin. I'm going to go a little quicker. I don't think any of us have ever had oyster uh, uh, shrimp and grits. Nope. No. Don't Next up, royster casserole. Royster casserole. Royster casserole. We've had that. We've had that on here before. The the only thing that that's like two of my most disliked things. I think the only thing that'll be a step below that is cat poop casserole, <laughs> because oysters are about the cat poop would have a case. Of course, they say oysters make you randy, Brady. Like the cane toad. <laughs> like the cane toad. Brady and his stubborn casserole, anti-casserole stance. <laughs> It's not stubborn. It is stubborn. It's curmudgeon. You 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 can like every ingredient in a casserole. You won't eat it because it's called a casserole. That is the that is the very definition of stubborn. That's self preservation. <laughs> curmudgeon. <laughs> Next, Eric. One of Eric's favorite on the list. By the way, I was a no on the on the oyster casserole. You know, I have I, I did. By accident, at one time eat it because uh, it was next to the regular stuffing it on a, on um, Thanksgiving, and I, I took a bite of it, but I I, I spat it out. <laughs> There's nothing worse than the accidental. Like, like I think that's why I did casserole so bad. It's like, oh man, this looks like something something lasagna. You open it up and stick it in your mouth, and it's something vile. See, but that's my point. I would argue that a lasagna is a casserole. It's Italian. It's still a casserole. <laughs> so did, All right. did, did you have a napkin when you spat it out? Did you? Oh, I don't remember. I was a teen. I probably just spit it on the floor. <laughs> All right. Next, one of Eric's favorite. And I know this word makes Brady's 
toes curl. Congealed salad. Congealed salad. Eric, can you find a picture of congealed salad and pull it up, maybe? It just sounds like crime scene photos. <laughs> You'll see in the lab the victim's congealed salad was left in the... I mean, how how does the word congealed scream out, hey, this is good eating? You know, you can just leave it off. Like, you know, they don't say congealed Vienna sausages. We just know they're congealed and we enjoy them anyway. But you just said salad. Just that takes salad. it a pretty big page there. Which in my world is, of course, lettuce or fruit. Okay. Can no, you I thought you've said before thing. that you don't mind... You don't mind no, oh, it's Jello. You don't mind fruit in your Jello. No, I don't mind fruit in my Jello. Okay. If someone says here, would you like a salad? And you didn't specify, and they're expecting like a Caesar or a Cobb, and then you hand them that a Cab, you say? That is congealed salad. I'll be honest, that doesn't look too bad. The middle part you can take. A little bit too red. But that just looks like Jello to me. So, so what, it looks what like is the it? cat. What's in that? I bet when you get in there, there's all kinds of foreign I, objects. I, I hate to go this direction, but that looks like our that looks like bottle the cat's twinkle tush. <laughs> that that thing is bedazzling, and that red thing is what he's concealing. <laughs> well, let's see what's in congealed salad here. Now you here. can unsee it. Well, it says pair. jello molds with veggies and fruit. There we go. That's why veggie, those were at our, fruit, uh, veggie, veggie, our, our, fruit, at our family unions. <laughs> veggies and fruit. As long as it don't have some pecans and some shredded cheddar cheese on top. <laughs> and many put fish in it. Oh, yes. my gosh. There'll be no, oh, no. Oh, man. man. <laughs> I'm dry heaving a little. <laughs> Fish doesn't belong in anything that's not that doesn't say fish in the title. You know what I mean? Like, you know, here's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. We put some fish in it. I mean, he... <laughs> <laughs> all right. Rounding out this column, fried green tomatoes. I'm a big fan. Fried green tomatoes. No, I. I mean, I've never eaten them. I, no. I don't know that I would be against them, but. My yeah, whole maybe, maybe it's because of the movie. I don't think I get well, that because of the movie. Well, it, the problem is your... <laughs> there's a lot of places that have that have added fried green tomatoes to the to their uh, menus. It seems like, but most of them take the uh, the route of putting the you know bar bar fare, where they just use the same uh, breading on everything. Uh, you know, right. an actual fried green tomato in my book doesn't have like an onion ring breading on it. It has like a a flour based. Uh, I don't know, it's just you can still see the shape of the tomato and tell it's a tomato as opposed to just a round fried disc in a basket. Um, my whole thing, I probably have the disconnect. I shouldn't mind it, but you're not supposed to eat green tomatoes because they're not ripe yet, and it just seems like I'm eating something I'm not supposed to. But you fry all the badness out of it when you fry. Yeah, it's kind of like you don't eat a green apple pie. Well, if you did, it would be pretty interesting <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> but <laughs> but there's no such... Well, I see what you're saying, yeah. Got, got the green apple splatters. <laughs> <laughs> or the more southern version, the green apple two-step. <laughs> that was Mr. Garrison from South Park. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> Sorry, Todd. Oh, <laughs> 
we got comments here. I got to get to real quick. So the uh, the head cheese, uh, David says, all the grossest pig parts mixed with fat gelatin and made into a lunch meat loaf. <laughs> <laughs> and Krista says that's mystery meat. Um, Josh uh, says shrimp and grits are good. Welcome, Josh. Hello, Josh. Um, let's see. Uh, Chris was grossed out by the congealed fish, as were we. Um, well, at least if they caught a congealed fish, you would know to suspect some fish. But when I'm eating congealed salad, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to get a big forkful of grouper in the middle of my congealed salad. <laughs> uh, David and uh, Gary also both said uh, cornmeal breading on the uh, fried green tomatoes. Yeah. Is that is that what I don't I don't. I'd have to ask my mom. For some reason, I don't think my mom does use cornmeal. I think she used flour. Corn flour? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't read the bag. But uh, but yeah, a lot of a lot of restaurants around here tend to put the again the onion ring style breading yeah. on it, and and I'm not as big a fan. Well, you could put that breading on most anything; it'd be edible. Yeah, but at that point, it's just the breading. I mean, like. <laughs> I, I treat that like I do. I used to do onion rings when I was growing up. You eat the breading and just let the let the uh, let the, the dead onion, onion just be. fall yeah fall on your plate and leave it alone. Uh, David says you can do both. I think we yeah. need to appoint David the uh, culinary correspondent for a play by ear. <laughs> he, he, if we had a payroll, he would certainly be on it now for future here's, reference. Here's one for you guys: pickled pigs' feet. A little alliteration to start that one out: pickled pigs' feet. No. No. You know where pigs walk? <laughs> it's the same reason I don't eat liver. I know what livers a liver don't does. walk. I know what a liver does. <laughs> they though. do in my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Slow burn there, Eric. Oh uh, yeah. I I know what that was the does. weirdest analogy ever. You know where pigs walk? That's the same reason I don't eat liver. <laughs> you know where fish swim? <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, when you go to the the butcher, I know that pork butt. I mean, <laughs> uh, they're not exactly. But, but Eric, you eat you eat chicken, don't you? I, I, chickens are some of the Eric. chickens are some of the foulest animals ever. Well, yeah, that's the name. I, I don't eat their feet, <laughs> and I don't eat their. Uh, <laughs> what what makes them foul? Foul? F O W L? F O U L? What about hamburgers? Do you eat hamburgers? You're all right, though. We don't eat the hooves and feet of things most of the time. Yeah. No, we don't. yeah. <laughs> I, do, wait a minute. Pig's feet, do they pop the hoof off and then before they pickle it? Or is it just like the. I assume it's like if you, ate, and... if you ate toes, you would want to remove the toenail, I would assume. It's. I mean, I, I think they have to remove the hard worse. The, the shell. The hoof is how you hold it. It would behoove you to remove the pig. <laughs> it would behoove you to dehoove the, the, the pig. <laughs> I've never heard of this next one. Chess pie. Now, I've heard of it, but I don't recall what it is. Chest pie. Check I see it on menus a lot around here. I can't recall as to what it is. But. Is 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 does it is it some sort of 
can like any pie be chess pie and it's it's the way it's made or the way it, the shape or the design on it or something or is there actual ingredients in yeah, chess pie that I make it there's particular ingredients are you saying chest like your chest or chess is in the chest game i was saying game. chess but any other time we say chess we say chest so therefore yeah. i was <laughs> saying chest clear as mud yeah exactly any uh, anybody chiming in on the chess pies not yet, oh, uh, but I, I think it's a particular ingredients to that pie. Seems All like. Right. So there we go. David, of course, with the answer, same oh. as sugar or transparent pie. Well, then I, I yeah, fly pie. I'm going to give myself a point for that because I've probably eaten it. Then I like transparent and sugar pie. Yeah. I, well, I'm, but, I'm but was it called chess pie? Can you give yourself a point if it was not <laughs> referred to as chess pie? If it is, if it is uh, a synonym of. Transparent and sugar pie, then uh, you might have had translucent pie. I, <laughs> see, I actually thought there was a difference between transparent and sugar pie. I thought one of them was more actually clearish, and one of them was like pretty yellow. <laughs> so one is transparent, one's translucent. My my okay, grandma was pie. a my grandma was a pie mastermind uh, back in the eighties, and and uh, I remember oh, eating our restaurant. Mm. Eating all kinds of pies there, but I don't know if I ever remember a chess pie. So uh, I removed my point. Actually, I, th I think I'm I'm with you there on the sugar and transparent pie. I think there is a difference because I always heard that sugar pie has a topping that transparent pie doesn't. Mm -hmm. Remember that piece of pie uh, that on the show one time you put a picture up and it literally was like see through, like it was like yeah. it was made out of Vaseline or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It looks like this needs to be a two-parter because we're not even close to halfway through the uh, through the list. So I'm going to do one more before, this we, all night. before we call it a night. Um, and then I'll make a mark here to know which one we left off with. All right. Uh, so everyone's got to keep their scores when we're done. Oh, yeah. It's one thing I like about doing this from my desk. I can make all kinds of notes on my giant <laughs> calendar. Uh, let's see here. Red Eye Gravy. Is it red eye gravy or is it red eye gravy? Because <laughs> this past summer I had a case of the red eye gravy. <laughs> oh my god! When I had the eye infection. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I I think eye gravy is tapioca. <laughs> it's fish eye gravy though, <laughs> or walleye gravy, if you will. Uh, Help it in. <laughs> Let's see what red eye gravy is. Red eye. I put Ted I red eye. <laughs> Please don't put up what Ted I is. Red eye gravy. Give me a pick. Oh, it's like uh sawmill gravy. Well, this just shows it as like brown gravy. Red eye gravy is a thin sauce often seen in the cuisine of the southern United States and associated with country ham of that region. First off, I don't like country ham. Really? You, know, you might as well just suck on a salt block eating country ham. I like sweet ham, sugar hams. Country ham is just salty. There's no sweet or like sweet or honey or glaze or anything to it. It's just a salty ham. Yep. Yeah. Very cured. I prefer like 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 uh, black forest ham or again some sort of sugar or syrupy ham. Uh, Dale says red eye gravy has ham sop used in the gravy. <laughs> Is that an actual thing? Sop? <laughs> well, sop would be a verb normally, but I like the idea of using it as a noun. 
like <laughs> like make slob. sure before you, make sure before you sit down to eat uh, your gravies, you got a good a uh, a good sop there with you at your at your table. <laughs> like you're it's really sort of like slop on your plate. You could go slop the hogs, but you're also feeding the hogs slop. So it's like, yeah, but sop is like soppage, like the actual act of of sopping up biscuit and yeah, cornbreads. Yes, the use. Look at this by Gary. Quote: He must be getting this from somewhere. A thick slice of country <laughs> ham, then mixing the ham drippings with strongly <laughs> brewed black coffee to deglaze the pan. Ooh, I uh, I like the the ham dripping sounds very tasty to me. <laughs> I they lost me with coffee. Let's do a vote though. Let's do a vote here and see real quick who prefers country ham over good ham. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who's gonna get the right ham and who's gonna get the wrong <laughs> ham? You might as well say there, there's no bias in that question at all. Seriously, I mean, if you like. Country ham, that's fine. I mean, I'm just giving you a hard time, but it really is just like licking salt. There's no other flavor to it. It's the texture of ham with just salt. Agreed. You got to put something else on it to make it, you know. Now, you get some, like, sweet mustard or some honey mustard of some sort and put it on it. On a sandwich, it's not bad, but. Uh, David says he likes the country ham. Yep, yeah. Salted. Celia makes her ham with a, a Dr. Pepper reduction. <laughs> It's a, that's usually what she uses to make her ham. She soaks it in the crock pot or something and puts some Dr. Pepper in there. Kirsten, welcome. Uh, Ooh, she Kirsten. does not like country ham either. Yeah. Uh, a few more comments here, not about the ham. Uh, Karen, welcome. Uh, you went there, behoove. <laughs> yes, we did. A um, couple votes there for... Uh, one for country ham, one for no country ham. We all three say no country ham. I believe. No, Brady says country ham. Oh, Brady says, I'd uh, rather have the country ham. Which no one, yeah, no one Brady's other food, he has no taste buds. I, I, he, he, I just determined that. He's, he's taste budless. Yeah, I, no, I do like I do like city ham, but I also like <laughs> country ham. I like them both. <laughs> city ham. And suburban ham is fine, too. <laughs> What about Berg ham? <laughs> uh, Savannah agrees Village with Todd. Ham. Susan says she's too old for country ham. Makes my hand and hands and feet sweat. <laughs> yeah, I can uh, I can see that because it kind of makes my tongue swell up like when I eat it. I let, all the salt. Like my Chinese food dilemma. Whenever I eat <laughs> Chinese food, I get the moon face. <laughs> moon head. Uh, Remember Dale that, Eric? <laughs> prefers <laughs> I do remember that. Uh, Dale prefers country. Uh, John says Thanksgiving hams. I believe Thanksgiving hams are generally like the honey glazed variety, yeah, out of the country variety. But I think they can be either, but because I've gone to family get-togethers where uh, where people bring a country ham, and I stare them down and point <laughs> point to the exit and tell them to be gone. <laughs> you are excommunicated from the family. <laughs> All right, so we will continue that list next week. Everyone keep their uh, scores, and we will uh, carry on. Uh, Gary said gentrified for me, gentrified ham. So <laughs> that, I guess that would be the suburban ham, right? <laughs> All right, uh, let me get back to the uh, screen sharing here. 
visit our website, www.playbyyourpodcast.com. And I can't do much. There we go. On the screen there. Oh, uh, <laughs> now it's gone. Uh, when you go when you go to the website, uh, right at the top of each page, you will see our audio uh, feeds there on the left, the video feeds in the center, and uh, some other things played by your calendar, which I am uh, not keeping up with very well. But also, you can uh, register for the play by your email list right there, and uh, always want to know where you uh, access our podcasts, and we can get that information there from you. And uh, Certainly helps us along is to see to where people are uh, getting to our podcast. So again, you can find that on top of all the pages. Uh, there are links up there for our audio for Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Um, and then our website and RSS feed is there as well. All right. So we are to what wrong button there? There we go. Uh, yes, Jim. Homework. Keep your score. Bring it back next week. We'll continue. <laughs> Submit it on Google Classroom. <laughs> now, I don't know what that means, David. The uh, best part of country ham is scraping off the mold. Is that actual mold? Or is that uh, some... Or is like the thing that gave the ham its shape? <laughs> Could Ooh, be. Casing? The casing of the ham. All right, Brady. Yeah. You're, you're up. Okay. We have not talked about TV in a while. We have not gotten nostalgic for TV in a while. So I'm kind of like combining both of them. And this comes from TV Guide's list of the worst TV shows of all time. Is TV Guide still a thing? I, I don't know. It probably doesn't come in its minute mag magazinery style that it used to but it, i'm sure that its whole catalog is probably now online now Wasn't so it there's glorious? probably yeah i mean i i have seen it upon occasion i don't know if it's still sold or not but when i saw it it looked more like a magazine yeah size thing well i was going to say do you remember there was another there was like a another guide that wasn't called the tv guide that was thinner yeah <laughs> it was it, it was came bigger in the cincinnati inquirer yeah, yeah. And see, I always preferred that. It was much more simplistic and to the point. When I went to my grandma's and she had TV Guide, it was like navigating, you know, an anatomy textbook or something. It was well, much too complicated. Well, the, the one that came in the Cincinnati Inquirer could also be a, a swatting uh, apparatus for flies. <laughs> Many dogs. Uh, dog dog rear ends or even kid heinies. <laughs> I was going to say young children as yeah. well. Toward the other TV guy, it was hard to roll, it was hard to roll up, and it, and it wasn't – it would have been more firm but shorter and not – it had the reach. It could cuss you too if it hit the yeah. like spine of the magazine. Yeah, it's like hitting you with the phone book. Yeah. <laughs> but – but as soon as you said there started talking about rolling ups, like, oh yeah, there's not there's not a southern Ohio kid or dog whose gluteus maximus has not felt the wrath of that TV guide. All exactly, right. Exactly, Carissa. Granny got it for the crosswords. TV guide crosswords. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So um some of these we're gonna go through quickly, some of them not so much. But um we gotta start off in it's a pretty big list. I'm going to start at 40, but I'm going to just skip around a little bit. And the first one is Making It. It was a sitcom spinoff of Saturday Night Fever. And they say it was absolutely terrible. 
There's Making an what? awful idea. Making what? Whoopee? Well, um, I, 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 I remember watching it. It had a catchy theme song. Making it. Na, 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 na. I think it was based on a disco song, and it became the TV show, which is never a good idea. I mean, why wasn't there a safety dance sitcom? But anyway, um, there is on number 39, the new, not the old, but the new Leave it to Beaver. It should have been left to Beaver a long time ago because this one gets one star and says it's absolutely terrible. That was uh, that was Beaver as an adult, right? Yes. The Beavs. <laughs> Reminds the me of the uh, Revenge of the Nerds joke uh, that he tells at the uh, <laughs> at the uh, at the um, what was it? At the end of the uh, you know what I'm talking about the. The, the Greek, the Greek festival, yeah. the finale, yeah. Oh man, I guess um, you're not going to go ahead and tell that joke. Or no, that <laughs> that goes beyond TV 14. I think <laughs> you can Google it. Good. Um, here's one. Um, Robert Blake, Beretta. who is a yeah. Well, but it's not Beretta. It's Helltown, where he plays a priest. In a rough neighborhood, he's kind of like a uh, like a no nonsense butt kicking priest that keeps street justice is what I'm gathering. Well, that was um, interesting considering he became a murderer. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, that that probably doesn't play over real well. Now I loved this show as a youth, but I probably know why it goes over poorly. Gets on a list: the misadventures of Sheriff Lobo. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which was a oh spinoff of Behay and the Bear. Beach and the Bear. So if you have a show about a man and his monkey driving across the country in a semi, a spinoff of that can only be seen. Now, see, in the original show, he was a villain and he he was giving poor BJ the um the 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 great like he was harassing him. He was a bad cop. Giving him the business. Yes, but in his um, in, in the TV show, in his spinoff, he becomes Claude Aiken becomes a good guy. Yes, and uh, what, what was it? Was the name of the deputy Perkins? Perkins, yes. Perkins. Well, there were two deputies. There was the and Birdie. Birdie, yes, <laughs> blonde guy. So um, now this one, number thirty-five. I have a red. Hot minute recollection of this pink lady. Mm, it was a variety piece? show. It was a variety oh. show featuring a Japanese musical duo and their sidekick translator. What could go wrong? So it had nothing to do with Greece. No, no, it was um, pink lady and Jeff, wasn't it? Yes, not to be confused with Tony Orlando and Don. Uh, Jeff, uh, the comedian, Jeff, uh, can't remember his last name, but they didn't speak English. No. So they sang and performed and did variety acts, but they had to have their sidekick translator foil. How did that get greenlit? I have literally never heard of any of these shows you've mentioned. I I think I do remember there was a spinoff on Leave it to Beaver, but other than that, I I don't remember any of these. Do you remember 1997's Homeboys in Outer Space? No. <laughs> no. 
No. Um, I doesn't need much uh description. Um, let's see. How about The Powers of Matthew Starr? It was on from 1982 to 1983, and it looks like an absolutely horrific, and I'm going to show you this, 70s bad TV science fiction oh, wow. special effects are not so special kind of TV show. <laughs> And it lasted one season, and it's yeah, pretty much regarded as bad. Looks like something that would be on Mystery Science Theater for sure. Exactly. Exactly. I don't think I ever, I don't think I ever watched it, but I remember it. Uh, briefly. Now, this is going to get some hate. At number 21, I skip ahead, but Baywatch is on this list. What? <laughs> I mean. Uh, Come on now. It, is it Citizen Kane? No, but that's not, you know. It was yeah. good, and all of its spinoffs. Like uh, uh, Baywatch Nights. Baywatch Nights, yeah. It's With, ridiculous. Uh, Baywatch well, at dusk. Man, the the episode where the uh, the one lifeguard gets attacked by the shark that haunted me for months. That was your version of Jaws. That was some. I mean, that was some good TV because she didn't die right away. If you remember, Did Yasmin right. Bleeth out there she, on the spot. It was bef- it was before Yasmin Bleeth. It was when the oh uh, the. I can't remember the two blonde. Nicole it was before Pam, no, Pam Anderson was on it. Nicole Eggert. It was before Nicole Eggert. Okay. Um, Shauna Weatherly or or something like that or oh, something. Oh like yeah. Sean Weatherly, and but she got attacked, and then the other one, Erica. Erica something or other, Elaniac or something, or Erica. Erica Elaniac. Elaniac. Groin so, pains. Those three. Um, <laughs> And she didn't die right away, though. She got attacked by the shark, which, again, it scarred me. But she died later, which that made you even more scared because you're like, well, you can survive a shark attack and then die in the hospital a few days later? Bullshit. Because, shark, because yeah. sharks are what, Todd? They're inhuman. And that just goes well, to show you they're inhuman. Yeah. The writers should have taken that like they didn't die from the shark attack right away, but the shark shows up at their door to finish the job. <laughs> That would just yeah. be silly. That was, and that was back when Baywatch was pretty believable. I mean, at first it was a pretty believable show. Um, all right, we got comments here. Uh, David says Helltown was set in Hell's Kitchen. That's uh, the name Helltown. Uh, Day Old Lobo was great as Deputy the Jungle Cat classic. Uh, Gary says the power of powers of Matthew Starr has been on me TV recently. Not very. Good. <laughs> Yes. And, uh, Very John, not good. There's a difference there. Very not good. Yeah. And uh, John says more like babe watch <laughs> indeed. Am I right? If, if yeah. you if you if you took the those ladies off the show, could the show stand by itself? Well, and know? I will I will no. I'll be fair here. Off. I'll be fair here. There were there was eye candy for both for I mean for whatever your right. preference right. was. I mean it was right. But take these people out of their swimsuits, so to speak. And put them in regular clothing and run that show. It just be at work, man. It's I'm gonna I'm gonna put time out there. How do you have a show about lifeguards and put them in regular clothes and say it would fail if you did if you put them in regular clothes? Baywatch nights. <laughs> there you go. Where they had to jump in the, the beach. I rest, I, I rest my case. Baywatch nights. Speaking of babes, also on this list is the Phyllis Diller show. Yeah, that, that's just like a, a one-trick 
Pony. Glad she never guest starred on Baywatch. <laughs> Come on, there's nothing wrong with Phyllis's diller or Phyllis, <laughs> Phyllis, Phyllis or her diller. <laughs> Luckily, we okay. never saw Phyllis's diller. <laughs> um, now this one's an interesting choice, and it ran from 1976 for a long time. But the PTL Club, um, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. You know, not because of, you know, I think it's one of those ones that made the list not, I mean, it was pretty off the charts hokey at the time, but you know, now that we know more about what really happened and everything, it made, you know, the fact that it ran that long, it's pretty. Was Jim J. Bullock in that? <laughs> Jim J. Bullock. Jim Baker. <laughs> no. I, I, was it, for some reason I was thinking there was a, something to do with. Uh, Jim, do you know Tammy? Jim and Tammy Faye show. Yeah, they, okay. they, they had a talk show. He's not. I wasn't oh, off yeah. my rocker. That's right. I forgot. Uh, some that. network exec had a bender of shrooms that weekend, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the script, the, the the idea was greenlit. Um. Okay. Now this one is from 1983. I can't imagine this. Be Casablanca, the TV show. It was a prequel to the movie. Do you remember this? I've never even heard of this. No. Maybe vaguely, but the uh, the subject matter would not have been one that a 13-year-old would have wanted to watch, I don't think. No. Nor a seven, however I was, six or seven. Yeah. I prefer Lawrence Welk to that. <laughs> um, let's go. Back to Jim J. Bullock. What was his middle name? I always called him Jim Jim Bullock. <laughs> and it wasn't even Jim. It was Jim. Jim. Or, there, was no, there was no I. Jim. Ben. I just always picture his name was like like James James, like like his middle name was the same as his first name, James James Bullock. There was a um, House of Representatives member. um, Her name was Dudley Dudley. She got married, and she became Dudley Dudley, which... Okay, here we go. James Jackson Bullock. Gotcha. Oh, JJX. All right. (laughs) Um, The Chevy Chase Show... Number sixteen. Yeah, that was um, bad. Yeah, it, it was bad. Chevy. Um, what year was that? That would have been nineteen ninety three. So he was still funny, somewhat at that point. He was not funny on that show. Well, though. yeah, but I'm saying he was still had the potential to be funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he had burned a lot of bridges by this time. Because the older and, he got, the less funny he and he got. Yeah. Although he was funny in Community. Community, I was pretty funny. Yeah. Now, this one is synonymous with bad TV. And to be honest, the concept I loved back in the day, and it must have been bad for me not to follow through watching it, Manimal. <laughs> Manimal. <laughs> 1983's Manimal. And this was the first, you know, NBC was on a hot streak. And Manimal was, I mean, it was high budget for the time. And it was really hyped before and then the show hit, and not so good. What year was that again? 1983. Brady, did you have the Manable lunchbox or Manable, Manable lunchbox and thermos? <laughs> um, I did not. I, if, it, you know, if they never made a lunchbox and thermos, then it was a piece of crap show because every good show had to have a <laughs> – or a trapper keeper or a backpack. Well, considering the Waltons had a lunchbox, you know. It's... I like the Waltons. I, I, you know, I did, too. I didn't as a kid, but I like it now. But if you were a kid and you brought a Waltons lunchbox <laughs> Oh, you get your ass kicked. <laughs> Deservedly <laughs> so. 
Lights out, John Boy. <laughs> um, hello, Larry. Well, the only thing that would make it worse, Eric, is if your buddy had a little house in the prairie lunchbox. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. And your older brother had a Swiss Family Robinson lunchbox. Then uh, <laughs> a whole round of ass whooping coming for you. Yeah. The, well, um, I, we, we got to credit my guy at Super 70 Sports. He has commented about the Walton's lunchbox. Is like, you know, where it shows um, you know, everybody chipping in because their jalopy had broke down, you know, one of the one of the wheels had come off and everybody in the family's helping put the tire back on except grandpa who's sitting in the car still <laughs> and they're like nice job grandpa make everybody pick yes. this up and you too but he does not get the award for biggest creep piece of crap grandpa ever that goes to the grandpa and willy wonka <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> who's been bedridden for however many years and then all of a sudden he gets a golden ticket and he can get up and dance around and go to the chocolate factory. Well, like there's nothing wrong. He was faking. So uh, Chris asked the question, can we bring back the gong for this segment? I, maybe we should. We certainly want to hear from the audience. Have you ever watched any of these shows or uh, your um, thoughts? Or I like Hello, Larry. See, I don't remember anything about it. I knew it was on about the same time of Facts of Life, and it didn't interest me. And well, all I knew he was... off of the Facts of Life. Oh, it was? Was it? Yeah. It was. It was. It was a what they call a backdoor, um, oh, backdoor. Uh, Shut your mouth. <laughs> I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking promo. That's not the right thing. A date, not debut. Uh, pilot, backdoor oh. pilot. So they they introduced the characters on an episode of Different Strokes and then made this show. The yeah. characters had never been on Different Strokes before. They introduced them specifically to create this show. And of course, uh, McLean Stevenson was Larry. He was on Mash, and he had just left Mash, and that was yeah. his next show. But uh, wasn't but his he, job like a TV psychologist or a radio? He, he was a radio talk show host, is what he was. And it was in some weird city, like Portland, Portland. or something. Oh, no, that's uh, no. See now, the thing maybe the reason why I remember it is because. He had a daughter that was about my age at the time, Kim Richards. She, I, I took a fancy to her. Wanted <laughs> to make a trip to say hello. All right. Um, uh, uh, yes, uh, Susan Backdoor Pilot does sound a bit scary. <laughs> <laughs> it's my text. <laughs> All right. Um, that's that's the that's the TV term for it. Yes. I did make that. Yeah, I bet it is. <laughs> what channel? Anyway, um, so we're I'm gonna go on right along. Now this isn't much better, but all I want to know is if somebody has this. If somebody had an antiquated VHS or something, oh my gosh, number 10 on the list, it ran from 1978 to 1979. Hee Haw Honeys. It was a spinoff just featuring. Well, wait a minute. I see only two honey, three honeys. And this just looks. Um... If, if, <laughs> if Ganilla Hutton isn't in it, I'm not watching it. That's just, we'll do that. Lulu. No, Ganella Hutton was the the dark haired uh, hee haw honey. Oh yeah, I think I know who you mean. But boy, this just sounds like rotten to the core. Uh, uh, like, okay, we're gonna call it hee haw honey to piggyback on its fame. 
but then we're going to actually do a sitcom, uh, more like a feasticum. And <laughs> like, I, I don't, I cannot even imagine. I can't wrap around what this could have been about. You're speechless. I, it's before my time, before I was old enough to. Oh, you don't have to stretch your imagination too far to know <laughs> that this can't be good. No, I, yeah, I know it's crap, but it, I don't remember anything about it. Well, it's like every Saturday Night Live based movie, or most every Saturday Night Live based movie based upon a skit that was it ever was made is just awful. Yeah, yeah. Like there have been some good ones, but a lot of a lot of crap. Yeah, they're they're crap, crap. Um, I've never heard of this, but it's called. It was in 1961, before our time too. But this concept, you got to read this. You're in the picture by Jackie Gleason, and it was a show where famous people would stick their head through cardboard and there would be an artist, I guess, draw where they couldn't see it and they had to guess what their picture was going to be. Like what the rest of their body was going to be doing? Yeah, that just sounds a, a horrible. But yeah, it but it, it made the top ten along with Hee Haw Honeys. Um, moving right along, number eight, I remember this one. I bet you all do too. Cop Rock. <laughs> Cop Rock, yes. Oh, Steven, I kind of I remember. Um, so it was basically a musical where the 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 authorities would start breaking into song and dance. I'm gonna tase you, bro. <laughs> anyway, I don't know, but um, so that that's gotta be bad. And speaking of Mash, well, number seven, After Mash, After Mash. makes the list. In Marsh. judging by Todd's face. Basically, it was uh, Colonel Potter, Father Mulcahy, and of course, Orko, excuse me, Klinger. Um, so, and Klinger's wife. What? Klinger's wife. Oh, I did not know that. But yeah, it, it was just bad. It was people, Mass was gone. They wanted to see some beloved characters, but they went full out sitcom route, and it was absolutely horrible. So I watched a few episodes of that. I remember 2002, number six, celebrity boxing. I do remember celebrity, celebrity boxing because wasn't, um, was it, uh, Saved by the Bells a screech in one of those? Yeah, uh, yeah. who did screech fight? Um, it was somebody imposing, like, was it like Joey Lawrence or something, or not Joey yeah. Lawrence? But was it somebody like that? Like, it was somebody, maybe it was Dawson from Dawson's Creek or. James Vanderbeek? <laughs> yeah. James Vanderbeek. Who did Screech? Uh, Gary Trapper John MD was okay after MASH. I, I like Trapper John MD. Yeah. I like but, I like Trapper John MD. Uh, but it didn't go funny. It it kind of yeah, reinvented the character yes. and everything. Yeah. Okay, so the, uh, Brady, we were close. <laughs> he fought Horshack. Horshack. Oh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh, Ron wow. Palillo. Ron Palillo is who he fought. Man. Okay, number five. This guy greenlit also. Hogan's Heroes. Hogan's Heroes is on the on the worst TV shows list. Well, I mean, think about it. It's a concentration camp. Well, I mean, but it's it's somewhat beloved. Actually, I I know the. Well, I, I, I think it's just all the context. The fact that it was a, you know, a war camp, the fact that um, 
what was it the uh the bob uh what's his name bob crane yeah he was murdered it, mm-hmm. it was there was a whole big no, thing that had nothing to do with the show oh okay i i just know that it just doesn't i don't know i mean just, I, I i understand why i guess someone who and i'm not saying i have but i mean someone who didn't watch it religiously might have on its surface say okay a, a sitcom about a nazi camp yeah nazi uh, prisoner camp that's uh see now just like savannah says hogan's heroes is funny yeah. i mean I-, I thought it was pretty funny i just i wonder you know and i'll be honest with you i'm reading it when you read it on the surface but i don't remember anything in the show i mean it was a funny whimsical show i guess that it's like I don't know. I never watched it. See, Gary says they're gaslighting with Hogan's Heroes. I, I agree with that. I think that's <laughs> gaslighting. Miss Wilson, welcome. She loved Hogan's Heroes. Yeah, Hogan's Heroes is beloved. I don't think it belongs on a worst show list. Eric's pissed. Now you got Eric pissed. He's honking his horn and saying, Incoming, oncoming traffic does not stop asshole is what he's I'm saying just, to this one. I'm, I'm, I'm not pissed. I'm annoyed by that. Yeah. I were a just, religious watcher of Hogan's Heroes that might be pissed. But. When I uh, when I looked up the Screech thing, I couldn't help but to, to notice this paragraph. This is talking about the show you were talking about, the boxing show, the celebrity boxing. Yeah. The the main event or the final show was originally going to feature a main event between John Wayne Bobbitt and Joey Buttafuoco, <laughs> but ended up reseeding Buttafuoco against Pro Wrestling's China after Bobbitt was arrested on domestic violence charges. So, says the fact that a man who had his penis sawed off by his wife some nine years earlier was supposed to fight the lover of the Long Island Lolita, Amy Fisher, but was replaced by an Amazon from the fictional world of pro wrestling tells you everything you need to know about the concept. Yep. That's I mean, that's, wow. That, that, that's it in a nutshell right there, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that that. I've just, forgotten all about Joey Buttafuoco. And I have too. He yeah. died, didn't he? I don't, I don't know, know about that. I know China did. Yeah. yeah. And Screech. I mean, a lot of people died. From um, that. number four, and I don't remember this. It only went from seventy six to seventy seven, but the Brady Bunch Variety Hour. Oh. I, I never watched it. I don't think, but I've I've read about it. Even at five, I think I realized. That's bad. Well, I don't it, want to be seen watching this, but, and my name's on it. The the only th- it had the actors, but it had fake Jan. So everybody except Jan from the original show, they were playing their characters, but they were not playing. It was a variety show, so they were like singing and doing. So they expected things. Cindy and Bobby to do the cute stuff. Well, yeah, but I mean, nothing that they were doing had anything to do with their characters. Okay. They were, ju- they were just playing their characters. I mean, they could have just easily said, hey, I'm Robert Reed, but no, he said, hey, I'm Mike Brady. The difference is, is the same. I mean, it's just, yeah, weird, strange. Yeah, that's the 70s for you. Remember this era of Battle of the Network stars and. Ruth now, and I wish they would bring the Battle of the Network stars back. That's outstanding TV right there. <laughs> well, yeah, but now all these actors have there are no network stars anymore. Uh, you have Netflix stars, and you have yeah. I want them to bring back celebrity boxing. 
featuring the network star. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> number three, is, it's a broad brush. It's the XFL, the first incarnation. Um, you know, to, from 2001, where the guy, where the he hate me, you know, and they basically just WWF'd the, um, you know, the NFL. Yeah, the NFL, yeah. There's big hopes about that, but do you know that the NFL did adopt some of their stuff? Yeah, they did. <laughs> I, I apologize, Brady, but I, I, I stumbled across that to look that up for you about Screech, and, and there's just all kinds of gold in this paragraph. I'd forgotten <laughs> who fought in that show. Uh, it says here that uh, uh, the exploitive sleaze factor had already set in after the Partridge family's Danny Bonaducci beat the living piss out of Greg freaking Brady <laughs> in the first broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> the curtain jerker was a forgettable affair between Darva Conger and the Be Be Belarusian Olympic gold medalist gymnast Olga Corbett, who had been in the news just months earlier after she was arrested on a shoplifting charge. <laughs> Later, the 400-pound former Chicago Bears defensive lineman William the Refrigerator Perry fought the 7'7 former NBA center Manute Bowl. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> who who was said for anybody who followed the NBA in the 1980s to have once killed a lion with a spear back in Sudan. I remember hearing about that. I remember that he supposedly yeah. killed a... Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean... To, I'm going to shut it off because I keep glancing down at it and reading uh, all those... There should have been a uh, Tanya Harding versus Nancy Kerrigan. Yeah, there should have been. Did, did, you mean there should have been or there was one? There should have been. There should have been an Amy Fisher and Joey Botafugo's ex-wife. Yes. Yes. But no, I, I feel like I need a shower just after didn't saying Todd, that. Who, didn't Todd Bridges fight someone? Who'd he fight? Gordon Jump. <laughs> <laughs> no, Todd Bridges yeah, fought that, somebody. That was, that was deadly. <laughs> Maybe Todd Bridges fought... <laughs> Let me look at see what I can find here. Carry on. I'll, I'll see if I can find okay. who Todd Bridges fought. I have Num some comments here, Brady. Uh, okay. Susan says she'll be humming the Hogan's Heroes tune in her head all night. Gary thought the uh, Brady Bunch variety show was just an episode of the Brady Bunch. When show. it's time to change, you got to rearrange. <laughs> got to keep on, keep on, keep on, keep on dancing all through the night. <laughs> I'm going to sing the whole Brady Bunch catalog. Here. Yeah, yeah, my lapels are widening as you're singing that. And my uh, bottoms are belling. Sunshine day. Yes, I'm um, Some, uh, Jim says, uh, Jim says, uh, Eve Plum was not on the uh, Brady Bunch Friday hour because she was into porno by that time. Is that true? Do you know that, Jim? No. Speak, uh, speaking of which, Bob Crane was... Uh, well, Bob Crane was freaky. Yeah. Brady, uh, yeah, Tanya Harding did fight, though. Tanya Harding fought Paula Jones, by the way, oh, Paula Jones. On, on Celebrity Boxing. Oh, uh, that, that's good gosh. That's just... That, that, they're, they're, that's horrible. Those people are going to burn for eternity there's <laughs> nothing redeeming about what they did there okay number two we're getting to the top two the number two worst show of all time from 1965 to 1966 and todd i might have to have you look this up my mother the car oh yes had uh jerry van dyke who was also in the tv show coach dick van oh. dyke's brother uh his uh his mother had been reincarnated. Her soul was in a uh, an old vehicle. So he communicated with the old vehicle as he was talking to his mother. 
So it was like Knight Rider, but not really. Yeah, I was going to say, because it said the car was voiced by Ann Southern. Yeah. Or Southern. That's just, I don't know. That there's the, it is, and I, judging from the picture, it looks like it's supposed to be a funny show, but well, sorry, but there's nothing really. Yeah, I mean, it was supposed to be a sitcom. It's supposed to be funny. Uh, well, it, this is interesting because it says the show's incredible premise was similar to other popular comedies of the 60s that featured a fantastic gimmick, such as a talking horse and Mr. Ed, Mr. Ed. a suburbanite witch, bewitched, bewitched, an obedient genie, I dream of genie, or a flying nun. A flying nun. Right. <laughs> Boy, there's a bizarre concept. <laughs> we nuns fly. That's an idea. Well, it was the 60s. I it mean, was. Who knows what was being consumed by these people oh, yeah. creating these shows? Exactly. Um, I bet you could all guess what number one on the list is. See, I always had heard my mother, the car, was universally thought of as being the worst show ever. But I mean, not until. Close. I mean, number two is pretty close. Yeah, it's pretty close. 1991 says it all when this show, many people. Blame for the downfall of society. Do you know what it is now? I know what it is because I accidentally looked. It <laughs> said in the Wikipedia page about the flying car, car. mom, or whatever it was called. But, uh, <laughs> flying mom car. <laughs> <laughs> it said Support what you So I know what you're going to say. Yes. But is the Jerry Springer show. So, okay, now. Here's here's the thing. Can a show be bad if it ran for twenty five years? Somebody's watching it. I, I, I'm, I'm going to get serious for a moment. I feel about Jerry Springer the way I feel. Oh, I'm going to really step in it. MTV's Teen Mom. Um, I, I think people can parse away its positivity. But when the aliens find us, find the tapes of this 5,000 years from now, they're going to look at Jerry Springer and like, what's wrong with these people? <laughs> oh, I think they're going to look what's, I think they're going to look at some things now and ask what's wrong with these people. That was good entertainment. That was just pure, that was just entertainment. I didn't believe half the stuff on there. It was, it was fiction. Well, as someone who has been in the audience of the Jerry Springer show. <laughs> I thought you were going to stay around stage. No, no. Someone who has a Jerry Springer tattoo, he rips his shirt off, and he's got Jerry Springer across his chest. I mean, so, but its cultural impact was huge. I mean, people still look, Jerry, Jerry. Oh, well, I mean, I, mean I, I think Jerry, that show created all of these, like, reality shows now. I think that that was the crux of what... The catalyst. Become, yes. And, you know, Jerry Springer, for Pete's sake, I mean, didn't he win a um, uh, a Hearst Award or a, or a daytime Emmy for, like, excellent reporting? And and then, you know, he became what he became. Well, if, if you remember, and maybe you do, maybe you don't, but his his show started in Cincinnati, but he was still working at Channel 5 mm. as, as a news anchor. Right. As a newsman? Yeah, and his it was taped there in the studios, the same studios, and it was serious. Then he left Channel Five and ended up in Chicago, and, and then, then all heck broke loose. Where it went crazy. Now, now I have to tell my story. So, <laughs> this um, be good. we uh, we being uh, 
my late wife and myself were in Chicago and I had actually been to a Jeopardy tryout back to when you had to go places to try out and couldn't do it online. But I uh, got done with that. We're walking down the street and we see this sign there at uh, WMAQ is the NBC affiliate up there in this, their studios. Uh, it said audience members needed for the Jerry Springer show. So, hey, we said, hey, let's go in because we knew Jerry Springer as a newscaster or the mayor of Cincinnati or whatever. Uh, by the way, if you don't know, he paid a prostitute with a check. That, that's part of his little deal, too. He should have um, used Venmo. I don't think you could use Venmo in 1977. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so we go in, and we're in the audience, and we're telling people, like, from Chicago there that, hey, did you know Jerry Springer was, like, an actual news person? He was mayor of Cincinnati. And, I mean, these people didn't know any of that. But anyway, they don't they don't tell you what the show's about. You see it. When the show starts, <laughs> really, uh, yeah. So oh, this is gonna be good. So uh, <laughs> this was two weeks before we got married. So we go into this studio, and the show starts, and the title of the show or the subject, "Your Bachelor Party or Me." Oh my! So over the course of the next hour, uh. There were, there were actual, like, bachelor party-type activities put on in the studio, uh, including... Uh, donkeys? No, there were no donkeys, but there were uh, women in various states of undress, <laughs> um, among other things. And uh, fast forward. So, uh, <laughs> several years later, um, I, I was teaching and uh, a couple of my students are looking at me and they're kind of smirking and <laughs> one of them looks at me and said, Hey, Fiscus, tell us about Jerry Springer. <laughs> I'm like, what about Jerry Springer? Um, they proceed to tell me that they were watching one of Jerry Springer's too hot for TV <laughs> videos and they could see me in the audience <laughs> As there were women on the stage in various states of undress that was on the uh, Too Hot for TV, but obviously not on the TV show. So I'm thinking, now I'm going to be fired. <laughs> Fortunately, never, that never came to pass. But, but what uh, a way to go down. What a way to well, go out. True. true. Mr. Business, is it true that you've read the Jerry Springer show when there is illicit activities going on? Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's my Jerry Springer story. Wow. So, uh, several several comments about Jerry Springer. Uh, a lot of them involving checks. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, back to my mother, the car. Miss Wilson liked my mother, the car. It's more like Herbie, the VW. Uh, Jim, Tanya sacked someone with a pole. Paula got whacked by Bill's pole. <laughs> it's like a fair fight. Oh, God. Oh, Jim. <laughs> You're on it. Where, you where, proofread where are proofreaders? Where are proofreaders? Uh, Susan, when Springer started, it wasn't the same subject matter. Fun fact, first episode features someone from our hometown, from Sardinia. I didn't know that. Uh, do tell, Susan, do tell. Well, maybe private messages. Yeah, private message. We just <laughs> out of interest. Yeah, I won't read it here. But uh, uh, Gary says the aliens will probably sit around eating Cheetos, watching Springer, allowing us to overthrow them and their superior weapon. <laughs> yes, yeah. it, it's a... It's a look at this while we overthrow you, sort of like a, like, like, like Independence Day while we write the virus that will take down your spaceships. 
Miss Wilson, Jerry Springer has the same attraction as going by a car accident and the impulse to look. That is true. Or uh, that uh, Tiger King or uh, pretty much same idea. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, Chris has said he liked to use personal checks. And uh, Jim says he also bounced the check. That that calls the whole issue. Wasn't he paid for the prostitute with the check? The check then bounced. Um. So as Susan said, that show, that first Jerry uh, Springer show is about domestic violence. So obviously don't tell us any details here, but uh, interesting fact there. And uh, Jim also says his opinion to me is taking a serious downturn. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it could go any lower, but <laughs> hey. All right. Jerry Springer, number one. How about that? <laughs> I prefer Jerry over a lot of the other talk show hosts myself. Yeah, Jim J. Bullock. <laughs> well, his uh, Phil Donahue, Sally Jesse Raphael. Oh <laughs> yeah, not either of them. Uh, his bouncer when I was there, Steve Wilkos, got his own show. Lately. Yeah, yeah. Who? What was? The, who was the one lady? Um, was there a Jenny? Jenny um, oh, Jones. Jenny, Jenny Jones. Jenny, Jenny Jones. Jones. Yeah, I didn't mind that show. Uh, Ricky Lake that came around. Was that? I think it was out after Ray Springer. Yeah. Um, did Bill Cunningham had one? Yeah, he did. Did he? I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Chris has said I was a legend to those two students. <laughs> too hot for TV. Uh, Gary, it's okay, Eric. My opinion of you has not changed. Thank you, Gary. <laughs> uh, Carrie, welcome, Carrie. Isn't Jerry doing a judge show now? He is. Judge Jerry. Jerry Get out. Yep. He does have a law license, doesn't he? He does. (laughs) Not that you need one for those shows. But I think I think he ended up, I mean, with the with how sadly in all of that, I think he was written off as somebody who was dumb and he was not dumb. Oh no. I mean, far from it. Dumb at all. Yeah. No, he was an outstanding marketer of himself. Yep. I mean, to survive 25 years doing that uh, whole thing, it was amazing. Yeah. All right. So uh, that was number one. Thank you, Brady. Good topic. That was fun. It was fun. You covered a lot of ground there. You did. All right. Uh, Once again, visit our website, www.playbyyourpodcast.com. And you can uh, become a member of our podcast. If you click the membership support tab at the top, uh, you can click that buy me a coffee link at the bottom and uh, become a member. And uh, you can see our list of Hall of Famers there. Savannah Brown, Allison Chavis, Chuck Griffin, Jessica Longacre, Rhonda Reeser, Christy Rocky, Joe Rocky. And uh, got uh, at least one of our Hall of Famers in the room here with us. Savannah's here. I don't think Allison's here tonight. She's uh, somewhat regular as well. All right, but uh, check that out. And we are to our game of the night, gentlemen. And uh, we haven't played chicken or egg lately. Oh, poultry or ovum. We have not gone there in a while. Poultry or ovum, we have not. All right, so to remind people of what this game is about, uh, I'm going to give two items or two things. And uh, our co-host here has to tell us which one came first. I hear a frying sound. I was opening up my game. Ah, uh, 
Connor's getting his game sucker in place. All right. Todd, we drew lots backstage. You go first. Nice. Cast the first lot. Cast the first lot. All right. So, what came first? Pizza or pepperoni? Pizza or pepperoni? I have nothing witty to say. I have nothing funny to say. I'm just going to go with pepperoni. Pepperoni. All right. The earliest... I'll check that. How does this work? I forget. Like, if I get it wrong, does Brady get the point? or If you get it wrong, Brady gets the point. That's how okay. this works. And vice versa. All right. Side one answer is pizza came first. Mm. Oh. Uh, the popular pizza topping known as pepperoni is the American version of salami and was created in the early 1900s. The word really? pizza was first documented in AD 997 in wow. Geta, Italy. And See, I never modern, thought, I never put the, uh, I was just thinking pizza. of a, a stick of meat. A <laughs> stick of meat was around longer than pizza was. That's what I was thinking. Right, I got you. Uh, modern pizza was uh, sliced up in Naples in the late 18th century, pepperoni free. So... Mm. Brady gets the point, and Brady is ahead one nil. Circle gets the square. Circle gets the square. Let's double should, this uh... up. <laughs> All right, Brady. See you. Which came first, dice or cards? Dice or cards? <laughs> Speaking of casting lots, if dice throwing is mentioned in the Bible before people, everybody was literate and could read cards and numbers, but they could count dots, I'm going to go dice. I'm going to go dice. Answer is dice. Yeah. The earliest references for playing cards were in Europe in 1477. They were probably created in China where paper was invented. Uh, they shuffled paper money in different uh, combinations, uh, someone around or sometime around 1100. The ancient Egyptians were depicted playing dice and had been found. They had been found in ancient tombs dating back to 2000 BCE. No dice. No dice. <laughs> All right. So Brady once again gets the point. We're playing to 10, gentlemen. Playing to 10. It's a pretty quick scoring game here. Anything can happen. Brady's up 2-0. Todd. Here's one from uh, kind of a throwback to the 70s memories, 80s memories, early 80s. Which came first, Todd? Kmart or Walmart? Kmart or Walmart? Now, I, I personally remember going to Kmart before Walmart. I'm going to say Kmart. Okay. Kmart is correct. 
Sam Walton opened the first Walmart in Rogers, Arkansas, July 2nd, 1962. His business strategy was successful with 24 stores five years later and sales of $12.7 million. Kmart, however, had just opened their first discount store March 1st, 1962. It had nothing Garden. to do with which one I went to first. I just got lucky. Right. Uh, opened in Garden City, Michigan. Uh, just four years later, there were 122 Kmart stores in the country. So uh, Kmart beat them by, what is that, uh, four months? Four months, yeah. I had a relative that was the store manager of a Kmart in Memphis, Tennessee. And I remember being down there as a kiddo and saying that they were switching over. He was changing jobs of this new company coming in called Walmart that was taking over. And what a better company. That was probably about 1980 or 81. Yeah, Kmart uh, was uh, late coming to this area. Maybe they were just strictly in the south for a long time. But, uh, so does that either of you know what the K means in Kmart? No, I do not. Uh... Quick. K-W-I-K. Quick, Mart. <laughs> now you're thinking of King Quick. Yeah, Kangaroo. that's good. Kangaroo Mart. <laughs> no. Uh, the name of the... Uh... Knife Mart. <laughs> <laughs> Nitty Gritty Mart. <laughs> Knitting no, the, Mart. The, the name of the family that uh, created the, the corporation was the Kresge family k-r-e-s-g-e so kresge mart so we'll, trivia is there. Better. we'll trivia there for you so two to one <laughs> brady yeah which came first liquid paper or liquid plumber my guess is that the need for correcting typewriter mistakes existed before a lot of major indoor plumbing? I'm going to go with liquid paper. <laughs> All Might right. be faulty reasoning, but I'm sticking with it. Okay, well. I like uh, to call you're... liquid paper a bidet. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh... <laughs> And you know my take on bidets. <laughs> well done, sir. Uh, Brady, whether your reasoning was correct or incorrect, uh, your answer was correct. Liquid paper. Yes. Uh, Betty Nesmith Graham. Nesmith. Mother. Of Michael Nesmith. Get out of town. Yes. So his mother was a liquid paper millionaire? Yes. She was. Rest his soul. He just passed recently. I love the monkeys. She was a single mom secretary who liked to paint. She invented liquid paper, originally called Mistake Out, in 1956. Uh, Clorox began distributing liquid paper six years later in 1962. So there you go. Wow. It's a small world. It is indeed. All right. So that makes our score three to one. Todd? Yes. We're up. 
which came first, Sesame Street or Disney World? Sesame Street or Disney World? Disney World. Disney World. The answer is Sesame Street. Oh, now see, I didn't see that coming. No, I didn't either. I thought Ow. Sesame Street came from a bunch of like ganja smoking hippies that got together and started PBS and the Disney World existed before well, that. Well, but but here's the thing though. Disneyland. Disneyland did come you, before Sesame. You know though, that ran through my mind and I almost I was almost going to ask if I could decipher the di the two, but I figured you wouldn't have let me anyway. All right, uh, Sesame Street, who doesn't know Big Bird and Mickey Mouse, but which is older, the popular children's TV show or the theme park? Well, Sesame Street debuted on November 10th, 1969 on National Education Television, which later became PBS. Uh, the uh, This street opened before Main Street USA in Florida and Dis as Disney World did not open its doors until October 1st, 1971. Yeah. So I was not even a month old. I was going to ask which came first, Disney World or Disneyland. I, I figured there was a Disney before there was a Sesame Street, but I couldn't remember which came first. I believe Disneyland was 1956, around 55, 56, yeah. somewhere around in there. Crap. It makes, makes it four to one. Brady? Doing a lot of damage to myself here. You are. Which came first, Brady? Go-karts or putt-putt golf? I got a go-kart that'll go 80 miles an hour. Um, let's see. <laughs> I think the concept of miniature golf or putt-putt golf has probably been around for a while because there was always practice putting greens. But to be monetized into miniature golf with sandcastles and windmills and stuff. Right. Oh, man. And I've trailed off miniature golf. And what was the other one? Go-karts. That's right. I'm going to say go-karts. As long as there's been motors, there's been somebody make them wee for their children. Um, I, I'm going to go go-karts. Answer is... Putt putt golf. Oh, wow. I was going to, I was agreeing with go karts. See, we should have to say whether we agree or not. And if we agree, we don't get the point. <laughs> but we have to say it before, you know what I mean? We have to say, because I was going to, I agree with Brady there. So can we throw a stipulation to that? that does that mean you wouldn't have Next gotten time a point? we play it. No, I wouldn't have gotten a point. Yeah, because I thought it was, I would have thought go karts too. Uh, Art Ingalls is considered the father of karting. <laughs> and I, and I, and I, and I read be careful that there. Quick. I read that real quick. I thought, what was that say? <laughs> um, and is believed to have put together the first motorized go-kart in California in 1957. Don Clayton is considered the father of putt-putt golf creating a fun amusement for kids and parents in 1954. The first miniature oh. golf course 
was actually an 18-hole putting green in St. Andrews, Scotland, formed in 19 or 1867 to allow women to play golf since it was unacceptable to allow them on the cart their bag in the club. Well, who first put them together to make for a, a fantastic date night? <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> we'll have to expand upon why pub putt golf is the excellent for dates. As well, I, just, I just remember, I mean, like, cause you know, the, the pup putt and the go-karts were pretty, it was a pretty big thing around the time I started dating yeah. at Eastgate there. But I don't remember any other place having it. I don't remember any other place having go-karts and putt-putt at the same location. Because weren't the the go-kart track, was it was it around the putt-putt? Was it was the putt-putt no, in the it, middle? It was off no. to the side. Oh, it was off to the side. Yeah, now in, in Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge, there's all kind of creative meldings between the two. Now, but think about that there at, at Eastgate. First off, you go there, get you some Perkins. <laughs> Man, I miss Perkins. And then you could go play some golf, ride the go-karts. But the best part I think about... Is that what you called it? The best part about playing there, though, was the location. When you think about it, it was very cool to be right by the highway, to have cars speeding by. I mean, it was just a cool visual. Honking at you when you're on your back strip. Not as cool as, uh, you know, being in Florida or something, being able to see the ocean while you play putt-putt. But pretty cool for Eastgate. That was pretty cool. Like, um, I just, I remember not loving the course there, and it always took forever because it was crowded. Yes. Now, not to be confused with Beachmont Avenue. Beachmont Avenue. What was it? Five dollars, or was it four or five dollars? All you could put on some nights. I never ever went there. Oh, how did you not get in on that? Because like there would be times like we would go and play like five or like we got our money's worth we extracted all the the marrow from the bone on our five dollar all you can put yeah I, I never went there i'm not sure why well uh, well eric doesn't this sound familiar you know how some of the obstacles were more rotund and short and rounded and some were taller and we had one were called these and one were called those. And I cannot tell you what they're called here now, but you know what I'm talking about. I, I, I got you. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm there. All right, Todd. Which came first? Wendy's hamburgers or Nathan's hot dogs? Wendy's hamburgers or Nathan's hot dogs? Let's see. So Dave would have founded Wendy's. He died, what, 15 years ago? Probably mid-80s when he died. That's way too much math. I'm going to say Nathan's hot dogs. <laughs> the answer is Nathan's hot dogs. You may fir- you may know that the Wendy's hamburger chain was created by Dave Thomas and named after his youngest daughter, Wendy. Uh, that was in 1969. You may not know, however, that Thomas was able to open this chain after earning millions from Kentucky Fried Chicken restaurants. Nathan, well. Han- Nathan Handworker's specialty has always been hot dogs. From his early days at Coney Island, he opened his first Nathan's Famous in 1916. 
um, I've got an interesting story about Wendy's. My freshman year roommate at Ohio State, his uh, girlfriend's father was asked to get in on the ground floor of investing in Wendy's. And um, his advisor, financial advisor, told him, no, don't do it because nobody's going to want square hamburgers. That's going to weird people out. So he didn't, you know, invest, but it cost him, you know, he, it would have made him thousands, hundreds of thousands. Well, Lawrence Donahue, who lived in Sardinia, was asked to go in with uh, Carl Linder on UDF and declined. Wow. Well, first off, I had no problem with a square burger. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't, I don't know why one would be so. Um, White Castle was doing square burgers. Yeah, I mean, be, I don't I mean, well, you, but you think about it; those are the only two shapes, square and circle burgers. How come there are no rhombus uh, burgers? Yeah, or trapezoid burgers. Over there, we go. Play I guess, the, year, the I guess there are some burger. oval burgers. If you think of like, there's some not perfect circles and there's some rectangle burgers when you think about it, but they, they are derivatives of the square and the circle just being misshapen a little bit. Think I like think an oval burger on a submarine bun. Yeah. I, we need to make dodecahedron burgers <laughs> and market them as our own. And we can have 12 sided hamburgers and it's going to be ours and we can make a fortune on it. There we go. <laughs> I was a, you know me. No, I was a fan of the, a fan of the JTM square hamburgers. Jesus, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> uh, well, I was just laughing about that because I was laughing at Steakums. I saw Steakums at Dollar General. I was like, I have not had a Steakum in decades. Gosh, I love me some Steakums back in the well, day. Well, I may, but like, or, or I, should, that taste... been, should that have been steak? Um, <laughs> no, it should have been called um steak. <laughs> Um, but it was, it didn't taste bad, but it didn't smell good while cooking it. It took on a slightly dog food kind of smell, but it tasted fine once I put some cheese and, you know, toast it. But I'm like, ah, not as good as I remembered. See, cheese is like the, uh, the breading on an onion ring. If you put cheese in, most anything's edible. Yeah. After it's been cheesed. Which, again, that's why I go back to Brady's stubbornness about casseroles. Casseroles typically have cheese in them. <laughs> Making them tasty. Edible. Yes, but no, I I I hadn't. I didn't think steakums were still around. I mean, I had those when I was a kid. I I, th I remember having those about the time I would have been, you know, getting into my teens and, and and old enough to kind of if mom or dad wasn't home to make myself some lunch type thing, put some uh, put some mozzarella sticks in the fry daddy and 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 fry make daddy. myself some steakums. Um, I kind of consider steakums like. Do you remember sizzling? Yes. I don't. I love sizzling, and I wonder where it went. But it wasn't sizzling turkey bur or turkey bacon. I'm not sure about that. Just turkey bacon kind of tastes like sizzling used to, and I preferred sizzling to bacon, way less yeah. fatty, much more I, tasty. I uh, I liked. Do you remember those? Mom always got them. They, they were called chuck wagons, <laughs> and they were like by pure chuck wagon can be in a dog food. They were patties. <laughs> I think they were called Chuck Wagons. So, so did your mom go the route of you not being able to eat the real cereal? And <laughs> No, no. Uh, I think they were called Chuck Wagons. I need to call her after this episode and find out, but uh, could call her on the episode. I should call my mom on the episode sometime. But uh, <laughs> they were like patties. They were huge, and they were, dare I say, orangish in color. 
in hue. They had a when they were raw and uncooked. They had it, but they almost became the color of a chicken patty. Like when they were done, when they were fried. Gary what says was it? Breading patties. Yeah, Gary remembers them. See, we're from the same family. We probably all ate them. There you go. <laughs> probably got yeah, them they from were the good. swans, man. Yeah, and Gary also says we need hexagon burgers. We probably did get them from the Swan Man. Jim now that I think about it, chicken Kiev. Brad's pudding or chicken Kiev, either one of them. They do they do for me what spleen does for Eric. So so you you have an aversion to Brebs pudding, but you'll eat chicken and dumplings. I don't, yeah. I don't understand. Well, there's two things there. I never got sick and threw up all night after eating chicken and dumplings like I did Brebs pudding. And Brebs pudding has baked raisins in it. And I don't mind a raisin and like raisin bran, but you don't bake a raisin. You don't like oatmeal raisin cookies? Take that back. I do like oatmeal raisin cookie. I don't know what it was. They were just the raisins, is what I, I remember. Got sick, man. Yeah, well, but I remember to fly out. But I distinctly remember the raisin part of it, as as you know, as it bounced off your palate as it was being projectile vomited. <laughs> it's my aversion to Big Macs. Who was it that got somebody got sick on coleslaw? I can't remember who it was. Brady. The world. Was it Brady? <laughs> the world. <laughs> Pretty I got sick off the uh, speaking of Schwanz, I got sick off the uh, the raspberry sherbet bars. Yeah, which gave me v- neon pink vomit. I came down with the stomach flu. It hit our whole family. I barfed a gal out of that stuff. <laughs> uh, Susan said chuck wagons weren't bad if you were really hungry. <laughs> well, you, you, again, you put a slice of cheese and some ketchup on them. They were pretty tasty, but they were orange. I remember them being orange. <laughs> I gotta find a picture of these damn things now. <laughs> All right, Brady. Let's see. Weed whacker or nair? Or what? Nair. The hair remover? Yes. The depilatory? Yes. Um, I'm gonna say nair. Nair is correct. The weed whacker was invented in nineteen seventy one by George Ballas out of frustration. George what? Ballas, B-A-L-L-A-S, over having to hand-cut unmowable areas in his yard. Nair was was the first depilatory-style hair remover, came out during World War II when stockings were scarce and legs went bare around 1940. I bet that stuff was like the the first generation of Nair. I bet that was just barely above like Chernobyl waste. (laughs) Here they are, Eric. Look, look them up. Just Google this. Chuck Wagon Frozen Patties. And you'll see them. Right Ready Serve. Ready Serve was the brand. Kennel Ration Tender Time. <laughs> Kennel Ration. Chuck Wagon Frozen. You guys are going to be surprised. They look nothing like dog food. They look like a chicken patty. <laughs> and a veal patty. Apparently they had... <laughs> Both cow patties. <laughs> Encore. Did you find them? I did. Chuck Wagon beef <laughs> patties. You can is hold it, it up to the light green. Is it the paper. ready serve? Uh, Value pack. Good protein. Country fried. <laughs> Breaded and cooked. So you have had country fried steak. I, apparently I have. Didn't even know it. 
right, let me get get this tab here. Tab. Encore chuck wagon beef patties. Uh, there you go. Yeah, that's not the brand. I, Ready Serve is the brand I remember. You know what? I think that, that is the country fried steak. That's exactly what that is. I remember getting all the, it is I remember is like a school. All it is is a hamburger patty fried in breading. <laughs> Tell me that's not healthy. It's not fancy like the Charles wagon. <laughs> Charles wagon beef Patricia's. <laughs> <laughs> there you are. Ready serve. R E D I serve. Here you go. Where are they at? Did you see them? No. You I'm no. still on the where you Google you Google yeah. it. Oh. You gotta click on I images. Know. I don't know why. Didn't change there. You try it again. Gentlemen, I think I got a case of the moon face going on today. I've eaten a little bit of processed food on the snow day. And as soon as that camera came back on, I look like I'm retaining the water. Only two hundred calories per serving. That's not yeah. bad at all. <laughs> but it's only a C plus. <laughs> hey, they're a bit, they're a bit oval. Why? Because it's possum. <laughs> <laughs> the other yellow meat. If you would eat steakums, Brady, you should eat a, a, a chuck wagon. Well, that's it. And I'm going to say, like, if somebody gave me the steakum that had already been prepared, it'd be fine. But my problem is it smelled really funny when I cooked it the other day. Hmm. Is while I was cooking. See, uh, the the mascot there has a trucker hat and sunglasses. Is that is that a Chuck Wagon beef patty mascot with glasses and I think a so. trucker hat? Yeah. For some reason, I thought it was an orange when I first looked at it on my phone, but that wouldn't make any sense. He's <laughs> got a pair of Ray Bans on. <laughs> Gary He's very Chuck ready. Wagon paper thin meat. <laughs> All right. The, Full disclosure, it feels like, you know, we're not really feeling the urgency on this one because we all three have snow days tomorrow. Todd, have you got your snow call yet? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Got it just as, I, just as we were starting the episode. Todd? Yes. Which came first? 7-Eleven or 7-Up? Hmm. I'm curious to hear the answer to this one. At least they had seven up in the early early eighties, late seventies, early eighties. I'm going to say. I'm guessing for some reason that I don't know why I'm guessing this, but I'm thinking Seven Up was the first of the. I'm thinking Seven Up is older than Sprite. I have an answer to this, but I'm going to go Seven Eleven. Seven Eleven is correct. Get out of town. Seven Eleven is the world's largest chain of convenience stores and is known for the Big Gulp. First store opened in 1927 in Dallas, Texas. See, can, can I interject here? Yeah. I've heard the story, and this might be urban legend, that Seven Up was invented. 
back in the 1800s as a mood medicine because it contained lithium, which is the seventh element on the periodic table. And it was seven up to up your mood. Well, let me, let me finish the little blurb here. Sounds like some sciencey nerdy stuff, Brady. <laughs> Uh, you would not have been able to purchase 7-Up when 7-Eleven first opened, as it was first invented in 1929 and called Bib Label Lithiated Lemon Lime Soda. The name was changed to 7-Up. Can't imagine why they changed the name. <laughs> 1936 is when they changed the name. So there you go. You, you were go. correct about the lithium and such. Uh, but... My organic chemistry memorization skills comes back every now and then. Five to four. Maybe we shouldn't go to ten. You want to pick a number to go to? Four. <laughs> As right now, whoever has four wins. How about lucky number seven? That's close. That's within striking distance. Right. Seven it is. All right. Brady? Johnny Walker? Or Jack Daniels? Ooh. I mean, Jack Daniels is more famous or infamous, but Johnny Walker just sounds like something that's been around since the pioneer days. Because, like, you know, go see Johnny Walker. He's got some cooking in a still. I'm going to go Johnny Walker, and I have no idea why. It just sounds older. But Johnny Walker is scotch. I where Jack Daniels is whiskey. It's yeah. Tennessee whiskey. So yeah. So I would agree that Scott Johnny Walker. Not that it matters, I mean, but I, I agree with Brady. Answer is Jack Daniels. Ooh, Ooh. See, I wouldn't have got the point had you adapted my new scoring system. There you go. Yeah. Uh Johnny Walker had a great respect for flavorful malt whiskeys and launched Johnny Walker Red Label Scotch Whiskey in nineteen oh nine. Jack Daniels was a pioneer in distilling whiskey, and his process is still used today. Daniels started making his signature whiskey in 1863. That's pre-Civil War. During the Civil War. Well, I mean, before its conclusion, that's like, that seems like something that would not have been allowed. I'm sure they they gave them before they sawed off a limb or something. True. All right. Get the bone saw out. <laughs> knotted up at five. Oh, dog knotted up. <laughs> All righty then. <laughs> Todd, which yes. came first? Jelly bellies or beanie babies? Jelly bellies or beanie babies? You know, I don't remember as a kid seeing jelly bellies. I mean, obviously, uh, jelly beans, but it was always like Brax or whatever the brand, brand of jelly. You know, it was Brax. <laughs> those big nastians. Um. A lot of licorice ones and those bratches. Oh, yeah, and they were big licorice ones. You can get by if you if you slip a jelly belly licorice because they're small enough. You know, two bites and you're done. But those big ones, those big old ones, like uh, a castor bean that they threw in there. <laughs> Man, jelly bellies or beanie babies? 
I'm going to say Beanie Babies. Answer is Jelly Bellies. <laughs> jelly Bellies are the first jelly beans to have natural flavors, and their quality led to being the preferred candy by President Reagan and the first jelly bean in outer space. <laughs> this original gourmet jelly bean with such flavors as berry, cherry, cream soda, and buttered popcorn was introduced in 1976. Bongo, Rainbow, and Princess are a few of the names of the classic Beanie Babies that became a national craze in the 90s and made Ty Warner, the product's founder, a multimillionaire. The product has been going strong since its creation in 1993. See, if they would have slipped Reagan a puke or booger flavored Jelly Belly, then he would have shut it down right away and they wouldn't have, the company would have been kaput. Well, those are not, are those Jelly Jelly Belly makes the, they make the like the Bernie bot. It's like something. I mean, Bernie I know they bot. have the gross tasting ones, but I mean, are those considered Jelly Bellies as well? Oh, that's the brand makes them, isn't it? But is it a think, different name? I think those came from Harry Potter. Hmm. Well, but I think Jelly Belly makes them though. Is that the that, they, they very well might. They might have like bought the rights to it and marketed it. Let me look it up here. Uh, weird and gross jelly bean flavors. So, yeah, because, see, I remember we Riley used to have a Bean Boozled uh, That's it. game. Yeah. Right. And, yeah, it's Jelly Belly brand. Yeah, they have all the burp, yeah. burp, and uh, <laughs> snot and Cat hard. Cat. <laughs> I would say burp-flavored Jelly Bean would have to change depending upon what you eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always pickle-flavored. Yeah. <laughs> so, Cucumbers. You know the funny thing is about uh, we, not to keep uh, hammering on Brady, but it's 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 fun to do. But I, I you could pretty much give Brady a normal case. It could be like, uh, I mean, uh, casserole flavored Jelly Belly, and, and, and it would, he would be just as gross to him as as like a, a fart or puke flavor one to most people. Mayonnaise flavored, Ma- mayonnaise flavored, Mary Quip flavored. <laughs> just a, a condiment box of Jelly Bellies would be awesome to give to Brady. I, I just. That had some throw up in my mouth. <laughs> okay, Brady. So he, here's the question: If you had a box of the black licorice jelly beans or a box of mayonnaise flavored jelly beans, oh, licorice. No, no, don't even test me. Really? Licorice is so foul and vile that mayonnaise is other level. <laughs> okay, so what if you compare a mayonnaise flavored jelly bean with a hamburger flavored jelly bean or Something that mayonnaise would would go on. That's okay because I would vomit that too. Well, you can. I mean, I know that's part of the thing of those Jelly Bellies is like combining them to make other. It kind of reminds me when Jones Soda did the Thanksgiving dinner sodas, and they had like the turkey flavored soda and the gravy flavored soda and the cranberry soda and the (laughs) asparagus soda. We didn't we do that once in a topic? I think we did. I I think we did the weird flavored sodas, but that's what made me think of it yeah. <laughs> all right darn it all right brady for the win for the win for the win which which came first discovery of the north pole or discovery of the south pole now what do we mean by discovery like that we are aware it's there or somebody getting to it They go, oh, there's a North Pole, or I'm going to go to the North Pole. Which one are we talking here? Someone getting there. 
Um, I'm going to say the North Pole because it's much, I mean, even though it's treacherous, it's not near as treacherous as Antarctica. That's my guess. So I'm going to say somebody got to the North Pole first. North Santa. Pole is, North, Pole, <laughs> North Pole is correct. Yes. Discovery of the North Pole has been disputed over the years. It was first thought that American explorer Robert Perry and his party were first in 1909. However, this and other claims were ruled incorrect in 1997 by a historian who said that the first to precisely reach 90 degrees latitude north was Joseph Fletcher in 1952. Who was the first guy? Matthew uh, Perry. Matt, no. Robert. Robert. I mean, Robert. Yeah. Wasn't he the, wasn't right. he the center for the Celtics uh, circa 1986-87? The chief? Not, not Robert Parrish. Oh, okay. Robert Perry. Uh, and there was another guy too, wasn't there? That was supposed to be in on that. With he Perry. was an African American gentleman. Yes, Matthew uh, something. Um, but he was like Swedish or something, wasn't he? Or um, anyway, uh, neither of those reached ninety degrees north latitude. Uh, that was Joseph Fletcher in nineteen fifty-two. However, all those people were all ahead of the first person to discover the South Pole which was George Dufek and his crew. Du. 19, Dufek. Dufek. 19, 1956. So there you have it. Brady, once again, with the win. I, 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 uh, I declare that the next time we play this game, we are allowed, to, we agree or disagree with the, the person, and that determines whether we get the point. We'll call it, the Todd Griffin rule. There you go. Kyle King has his own rule, by golly. I can have my own rule. Well, there you go. It would make it more exciting. Uh, it would. Good game, Brady. Good game. Two weeks in a row, Thank man. Thank you. Good game. I'm sitting on a biscuit because I'm on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That brings us to the end of episode 86. Once again, reminder that our... Uh, audio version of episode 86 will be released at 3 a.m. on Friday, although we had some uh, technical difficulties this past week and it wasn't released precisely at 3 a.m. But uh, this week it will be. You can find it uh, on Anchor FM, anchor.fm, uh, also Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio app, most anywhere you can find an audio podcast. Also, you can find a video which will be archived on YouTube, which we're currently uh, streaming to, as well as Facebook and Twitch. 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 Uh, social media links can be found on our website as well, uh, playbyearpodcast.com. You may interact with us via email, admin at playbyearpodcast.com. You can also leave a voice message. Click the link at your audio podcast provider. You can uh, leave us a voice message. We're still waiting. It's been a while. It's been a while. Been a while. All right. With that, anything for the good of the order, gentlemen? Yes. Gentlemen? Check this out. What is it? Cereals? You're frozen. Uh, Lucky Charms. Clusters. What kind of cluster is that? Well, I'll tell you what it's not. I know it's uh, it's like a cluster of Rice Krispies with mallow on them, and then you get the marshmallows too. It's pretty tasty. It's like really? a sugar cube. My pancreas thinks so too. <laughs> pancreas. <laughs> All right, join us next week for episode eighty-seven of the Play by Ear podcast. You can uh, check us out on Facebook. You will get the uh, uh, invite there, or uh, 
put it on our Facebook page, and you can uh, once again join us next week. We are sneaking up on 100. We are. We are. All right, Todd, take us out. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Play It By Ear podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter at Play It By Ear Pod 2, and our website at anchor.fm backslash Play It By Ear podcast. Thanks again, and join us next time as we play it by ear. Thank you.